This is the podcast, Staying Alive with Louis J. Thanks for joining me today, and uh, here we are, back at it again. Frank, good to see you back, bud. You too. It's been uh, how many weeks uh, since we've podcasted last? Several weeks. I mean, Several this, weeks. This last lockdown, we were like, that's it. We're not, Yeah. you know. I've been vaccinated now. How about yourself? Yeah, I got vaccinated as well. I was, uh, I'm taking care of my elderly grandmother, so I'm an essential caregiver, qualified on the first round of vaccinations, so took advantage of that as soon as it happened. Got in there, uh, process was really quite streamlined. I feel like there was a magic bubble around me. Yeah. You know, I felt like that there was an extra layer of protection. Of course, um, it still doesn't have us acting differently. We still wear masks. We're cautionary. We, uh, we are still in this kind of, you know, vacuum of sorts. Um, but that got us to the point where we, where you and I said, let's just take a break for a bit because... It was another lockdown, and it was yeah. stay-at-home order, and, you know, we want to be respectful of what the orders are. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's nice to be back. It's nice to be, I and mean, we're not out of this lockdown yet, but we're at least coming to the end of it. Yeah, and there's a general feeling out there that I, I sense with people, just the way that they're carrying on, that it's... It, we're near the end of this thing, and I hope it's true because in the U.S., I mean, they're at sporting events now. Um, I know the UFC had close to 15,000 people in their last venue um, in Houston on Saturday. Um, it, it's like they're just foraging ahead, and most of the adults are vaccinated uh, with their first with their first shot in the U.S. too. Yeah, no, if not both. I mean, uh, right. it sounds like they were, they were rapid fire. Um, and from my understanding, you know, the likes of Florida, everything's back open. Um, Texas, back open. A number of states, uh, you know, in the reopening are... are are getting back to what we would consider normal, which is great. Um, I think only because the cases are so low. So it, it's it's a true indication that vaccination is really is really the key out. It's the way out here. Yeah. And so you know I can't wait to be able to get to that point where we've got, um, you know, everybody safe. Yeah. And you get to go back to shopping. And at the same time, too, you know, I do really still enjoy the time that I've been given, you know. Yeah. Um, I just got back from the cottage. Uh, I know a stay-at-home order says you're not supposed to travel, but let's face it, <laughs> you know, there's some logic behind it. I'm going to an area where there's nobody else. Um, and that place for me is a good a good place to kind of refresh and clear in the mind. And, you know, I arrived there... Um, <laughs> is that, is that like two and a half hour drive or something like that. Yeah, it's two and a half hour drive yeah. northeast of Toronto, and um, the drive is is part of the beauty. I used to get so frustrated when I was younger that the drive would you know be too much. It was like oh, I got to get there. Yeah. When in fact, I look at it like it's part of the journey. So those little trigger moments along the way, when you see that one curve that says, "Okay, now I'm a, I'm half an hour um, out. I'm yeah. out of the city," you know, and you feel like the lights are all gone and you're just swinging by trees. Okay? Yeah. There's something really relaxing about that. Put your mind at ease, you know, you can yeah. pop in. The, as long the, as it's not all highway driving, no. it, you yeah. know, most of it from when I went up to your place last, we podcasted from your, from your cottage that one time, you know, the, the first part was a bit of highway and the rest was just perfect two lane going through yeah. these remote towns. It was, I, I loved it. Yeah, me too. I've, I've learned to love the journey. And so with my kids, you know, they've, uh, 
I don't complain about it at all. Some people have this threshold for pain that under two hours is where they have to be to get to their vacation property. But two and a half, pushing a bit, it makes me feel like it's that extra half hour of just decompression. And at the same time, when you reverse that on your way back, you know, you start to build into, you know, you go from trees to pavement to more pavement to yeah. more pavement, and then it's trees, it turns into, you know, buildings, and now you know you're back in the thick Cell of towers. Yeah, yeah, cell towers are your true indication of where you're at. But it um, it helps me on both both ways, up and back. This one now, this was an interesting trip uh, only because I arrived to – you know, um, what looked like a down tree. It was starting to rain. Um, looked like a down tree in my kind of driveway. I wouldn't call it a driveway. It's really just a, a, a pathway. Through a forest. Through a forest, yeah. right, yeah. And then when you get there, um, I, reala- I realized there was a bunch of trees down. And as I uh, got up for closer inspection, I uh, saw that the trees actually took out all the power lines to the cottage. <laughs> so, you know, here I am. It's now a little too late in the evening for me to kind of like, am I going to stick around? Like, what am I going to do here? I got to clean up this mess. And, you know, um, it not only ripped out the power lines, but it ripped out the mast that holds all the power lines into your property. Oh. And, you know, you know, you, you know that they're there, but yeah. you don't recognize, you know, what kind of damage can come of it. And of course, I'm surrounded by trees. So, anyway, the 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 mast, which is probably a six by six um, piece of wood, um, probably from the 1960s. Mm. It's not. It wasn't new by any stretch. Anyway, it got ripped right out. There was downed wires. I thought this is probably a hazard. Um, but then I realized somebody came and taped up the uh, the exposed wire. They did electrical tape around it. Really? Taped it to the actual um, uh, hydro pole. Wow. And uh, so the wires that were on the ground weren't live, uh, which was good. But, of course, I had a full trailer of stuff to bring in and, you know, start doing that over top of tree trunks and, you know, branches and in the middle of the rain. You want to protect your stuff on the trailer. It was quite an adventure. I felt like it was a great start to cottage season. <laughs> yeah. Early on. And, of course, we're right in black fly season. So. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And That's not to be up there right now. Yeah. You, you really have to have a different mindset for it. You have to be tolerant and uh, you have to realize this is my thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get out there and I. I actually pretend I have a protective force around me. Like I've got like this shield and they don't bug me. And when they start to bug me, I'm, I'm talking to myself and I convince myself it's not, it's not worth bothering. It doesn't bother me. It's okay. It's fine. And you know, the next thing you know, I've talked myself into the fact that they're not even there when they are, but it works. I do the same thing really? when, I, when I pump gas in the winter. Yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah. I get to the gas tank and I put my, uh, my nozzle in and I talk about how warm it is. Because I'm freezing, you know, I'm like, this is hot, this is warm, this is hot, this is warm, 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 hot, hot. And soon enough, I'm hot. Like, it's the power of suggestion. Wow. No mosquitoes, no black flies, and no cold air. Wow. That's what happens. I'm going to have to use that it's, next it time is, I'm out there, fishing. There is something about it. I'm being honest. Like, for me, I uh, I keep on using my brain to tell me what I need to hear so that I feel good about it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of them. The other one is, actually, this is a cool one. Not not at all related to the cottage story, but um, we did a national meeting for uh, a client this year, and I came up with a theme, and the theme was mindset. Mm-hmm. We talked about it before, and it's, it's really relevant to what we're all going through, right? You can approach anything with the right mindset. The worst of conditions can be made out to be the best. And um, I had uh, a writer friend of mine um, write some 
some words in a poem or a, a stance. And it basically was around how you can affect mindset so that you could really get what you're after. And there was one line in that series of words that he wrote down that we ended up getting uh, the client to do. Uh, I call it a DIY. They basically read lines from this poem individually they all have a meaning but when you put them all together it's a really powerful kind of statement right and the one line that i live by today and i say it over and over again daily is that um i'm just gonna make sure i got it right um the way i do anything is the way i do everything right it's magic man if you just think about it for a second i'll say it again the way i do anything is the way i do everything and when you can realize that you're the one who's 100% accountable for anything that goes on in your life. And I'm talking about the things that you hate to do, that you know you can cut a corner, shortcut this, just leave it there because somebody else will. I'm talking about like the mundane things, you know, that actually now in my mind, I think have made me a much better person and a more thorough person. I go to the umpteenth ending of it and it's okay if it takes me a little longer perfect example is you know you're you're cleaning up and you know something drops you know the paper towel drops and you know you got a handful you got to go out to the shed or whatever i'm just thinking about the things that would normally just be bypassed because somebody else will take care of it right but i know that i dropped it i'll say to myself those words the way i do anything is the way i do everything and that forces me to go back and make sure that I picked it up, yeah. put it in the right place, take the job to the 100% level, like go the extra mile. And I'll tell you, the reward is something I never expected to receive. And that is the satisfaction that I did it. I did the whole thing start to finish soup to nuts. And it became kind of like that ongoing conversation. It happens every day. It doesn't Because you're always forced and challenged to, to do something you don't want to do or you don't like to do and you would be perfectly fine leaving at 80 percent completion yeah i'm not uh i'm not of that mindset anymore yeah they can be like well we did our national shows in january and february here we are in practically june and we're at the end of may right now um or no we're middle of may we're middle of middle. may we're the, yeah it's hard to tell sometimes in any case i've had that time to be able to get into this routine and the routine has helped me like on so many levels, uh, even to the point where, you know, I'm catching the comments from the family, you know, like stuff that, you know, I would be critical of because they didn't take it to completion. They quite quickly let me know what I didn't take to completion. And now there's really nothing that doesn't go to completion. It's pretty powerful. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I suggest you try, bud. Yeah. I, I, I do that when I'm doing dishes. It's like you can look at it as um you know i'm gonna have to wash dishes for the rest of my life for right. four kids and you know we're, we're 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 a team here but you know we're under renovation we're living in a basement no dishwasher it's been it's been it's like if you think about it it's overwhelming and you can tell yourself oh my god i, I can't wash another dish or mm-hmm. you can the, approach it the way you know i do any is the way i do everything I also do a thing where I say, I'm doing this now. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And it just lifts me up that little bit so that I can complete the task. But I also take that mindset too, where it's like, no, these things are going to be freaking spotless. Yes. And they're going to go 
put away, nice and dry, whatever the case may be, and just have no um, negative feeling about the process of, of the task that I'm doing at hand. Um, trust me, during this renovation, there I've been very hands-on uh, with this renovation, even though we have some trades there. I'm doing a lot of the work myself too. And some of it, you know, putting packs wardrobe together for <laughs> 10 hours, um, you can get a little irritated and 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 pissed off you just you just kind of whistle your way through it and then like you said you get to look back and go wow you know look at what we accomplished today yeah there's no lingering moments there where you go i could have just taken an extra five minutes what would it really have taken but you say pax wardrobe those are like those are divorce words like those (laughs) those are the ones that start the big fights uh, that you just don't know how to get out of i mean i'm i'm fortunate i've never had that um tammy doesn't help me assemble anything so um, and now I'm I'm super fortunate in that my kids can assemble IKEA, so mm. that that gets that off of my plate. But um, back to that concept, though, there was there's been a lot of moments where you recognize that hey, I did this, and it might have been very insignificant in yeah. the grand scheme of things. But that gets back to the point: everything and anything. Yeah. The way I do anything is the way I do everything. So that means. The smallest of things, you know, if you didn't take care of them in the right way, then, you know, what else don't you take care of? It, it keeps you in line too. where particularly now with the lockdown, you do have a little bit more extra time to execute tasks. But right. if you keep it, it keeps you accountable. It really does. Because you're, you're always checking yourself like, you know what, if I let that slide, then I'm that guy. Yeah, I'm that guy. I don't want to be that guy. I did play that guy, and I took on too much for a yeah. long, long time. And some of that other realization that's happening in this in this whole current condition makes you, you know, take a deeper, more intense look at how you operate. And for me, another one of those kind of like you know moments where you realize uh, what you have in front of you, what you can be in control of, um, and how you can approach things. I, I really rarely approach anything with negative attitude i always tell my kids if they're pissed off because i've asked them to do something they'll go to their their mom right away mm. um and then she comes to try to negotiate and i'm and then i get i get heated and i'm yep. like no they need to do this they got to learn you know yep. and then i realize wait a second i can't have you do this if you're approaching it with such you know uh frustration or anger or angst and you know you can't do it if you're pissed off because this is an easy task. And, you know, why would you put yourself into all that over there when, in fact, you've already, you could have had it done five minutes ago. You could have been out lounging by the whatever. And uh, I always find that that stuff that I want to impart so, I want to ingrain it in my kids, in my kids' brains so that, when, you know, when they're talking to their kids, they're going to say, you know, your grandfather used to say this. And I want those to be those memories that help them kind of, you know, toggle through life mm-hmm. the other one the other one for me that that got me really um i guess on track uh i guess i was already on track but maybe the tracks are gliding a little smoother now is um changing the word have i have to i have to like uh to i get to um so that to me was another just really simple reminder that I get to do this. And to a lot of people, when you have to, you know, the tasks that are presented to us aren't always fun. Let's face it. There's a lot of work to just maintaining a regular world uh, in this crazy world. And so when you look at your tasks as, um, as challenges and 
you don't look at them favorably, then your outcome could be really, you know, compromised. You could, you could miss out on the opportunity to make this a pleasure and to perfect it and to have you perfect it in, in the process. So like when I can change and shift my mind from, um, I have to do this to I get to do this. And I realize, wait a minute, I get to do it because a, I, I got two legs. I can walk. Some people don't. Yeah. Uh, I have all my faculties. I can, I can perform. Some people can't, uh, I happen to have won the gene pool and I ended up, you know, it was born at this date and this, when other people weren't, you know, yeah. so you think about all the things that you got going for you and you realize that you're really privileged just to be able to do the dishes. Yeah. How lucky are you? Cause there's going to be a time when your, you know, back might be busted and you don't and you can't. And then, and then what happens? Yeah. You'd wish to be able to do the dishes. Yeah. Just a simple task. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It really makes me kind of focus on how to get through the things that, you know, really challenge a lot of people in the way that they approach things. So for me, it's, it's been those two kind of learnings that have kept this really manageable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I know you're into a big renovation. That's that in itself is challenging for people. Like, I mean, uh, what, where's the breaking points? How far are you guys? No, and uh, surprisingly enough, like we told ourselves during this, this lockdown, there's going to be delays. Um, and there's going to be things that we won't be able to, um, purchase materials because uh, supply chains it's interesting to hear on a daily uh report from just the trades themselves on what's available and not available uh now you can't get uh electrician guy was saying that you can't get breakers breakers are impossible to find right now in the city of toronto for, right? for your electrical panel is that because of supply and demand like the fact that so many people are doing projects that they would have put off for years the thing yeah. is i want to say yes but it's like that electrician isn't doing 50 more jobs in this month because he can't physically do it right and he's always been busy through his career as that trade um i'm sure there are busier times where i'm like i'm booked for two years but it all it, it, it's like i always used to have a, a, a saying when i used to work in a VTR room, which was a videotape room uh, back in the day when I got into broadcasting. Tape only plays so fast. Like if you hit play on your cassette tape or your videotape, it only plays so fast. So you can't you can't speed up the play button. It's playing. Right. I mean, yeah. you hit fast forward, it's inaudible or or whatever the case may be. But it's it only plays so fast, and it's the same with with the trade. Like it, it you know, you can put a kitchen in if you have 10 guys in the room, but there's only so much that can get done in a day. Sure. Um, and most guys, you know, you have two or three guys installing a kitchen. You're not going to have seven guys in there or whatever the case may be. So he's not piling up more work in that week than he possibly can. You know what I mean? He can only be at so many places at one time unless he's got 15 crews out there. So I don't, I don't, it's really hard to make sense of everything because, you know, the lumber situation, there's a number of reasons why. And I've also watched a ton of YouTube um, uh, folks talking about the lumber supply and that are in the lumber business and, you know, how, how that um, ripple effect happened when COVID came out. They shut it right down and then some people caught COVID, so they had to shut it down. And then they had to physically distance, so less people on the line, less production, blah, blah, blah. And then the supply the demand for lumber 
went through the roof because, you know, I'm not going on vacation now. We're going to build a deck. We're going to build a fence. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, you know, (laughs) the supply was shortened or slowed down considerably to make up for that lost time. And the demand, you know, was just flying off the shelf. So anything that came out of the the facility was already um, processed and already paid for by the next order. So there's nothing for the new client that's going, hey, uh, you know, I just need four two by fours. <laughs> I, I think you can still get the lumber, but the pr- you know the price is astronomical. They do say it's going to go down. It'll level off eventually because at some point people are just going to go, you know what? I have a, a whole new build that I have to do on a custom built home. It's going to cost me an extra $80,000 just in the lumber material. So I'm going to wait. Yeah, I think, that, I think you end up forcing people out. I don't really understand the supply and demand issue uh, in the sense that, okay, I, I get that there was delays. You increase your labor force because you can't have as many people on the job. So timing is going to be pushed back. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, how much more is it costing you to produce that lumber? Is it three times the amount? No. Because that's what they're charging. Well, then uh, then you got guys working overtime, less people, but guys working overtime, so it costs a bit more, too. I've heard that uh, synopsis. I get, I get a bit more. But yeah. when you're talking about, like, I just yeah. had somebody price a, a job for me um, because I, like everybody else, yeah. want my environment to, to be just right because mm-hmm. we're, of course... Who knows what tomorrow is going to bring? I, I want I want it to be comfortable and and I want all the things that would make it comfortable and part of that includes these projects that happen to deal in wood. I kind of feel like right now is a time that people are nesting. I guess I mean nesting, that's like that's an good. old term that we've heard when having kids, but they're preparing for the next um, run. Yeah, um, what's going to happen to our society in the next little while when things do open up? And of course you hear all these predictions as well as we're going to get into hyperinflation. We're going to get, it's overwhelming. And it's like, you know, you and I talked about, I sent you this link. Oh, I loved it. And I I completely forget what it was. So remind me, but you had a great comment where it's like, Hey man, you, you you know, at least we can prepare. What was it? Yeah, so it was called, there was a book that was written, it was something about the the turnings. Yes. Uh, the fourth turning, I think it was, or something to that point. It was it was about history repeating itself. Right. And how um, the, the cycle lasts in and around 80 years, or more accurately, the lifespan of a human. Okay. And so let's look at that as being the average of 80, some 90, some 70. But on average, 80 years. So they basically broke down what's happened historically, um, which I, I love this story. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but and this isn't even conspiracy. It's, no. just, it's just theory. And it's um, somebody who wrote a book about uh, yes. a thing that they've been studying. Yes, in advance of, of COVID and, and where we are right now, but it identifies these quarters um, let's say over the 80 years, 20-year intervals was basically, we call them generations. Mm-hmm. They call them turnings. The author called it a turning in the book. And, and fundamentally, it takes you through the path of what that generation experiences, you know, and then, you know, in our generation being Gen X, you know, different than the baby boomers, different than the millennials, different than the Gen Zs. Gen Zs? Is that where we're at? I think so. Yeah, I think it is. I think my kids are Gen Z. In any case, um, what was cool was it identified historically what had happened, you know, in in um, in our parents' generation and theirs and before them, 
when world wars were happening, where uh, revolutions were happening, when people uh, were rebelling against their governments, uh, where people were affluent and everything was great and, you know, money was hand over fist in the development days. And so I can't remember the names of the turnings except for the one that we're in right yes. now, which of course is the fourth one though, it's right? It's the fourth turning. So it's, it's called crisis. And we are, according to the author, we are in the middle of the crisis. And if you don't have to look too far to recognize that there's a bunch of things off kilter right now around yeah. the world. Um, and then it looked at the at the turning before us, which I can't remember what it was called. Damn it! Um, it was in the sense of a, a correction. There was uh, there was something that you know. Oh, unraveling! It was right. it was something like that where things were beginning to fall apart. Right. They hadn't got to the point where it was chaotic in crisis mode. We are in the middle of that, and they identify. You know, at this date, you know, the, the uh, second uh, inauguration of, of Ronald Reagan was the beginning of that turning. And then we had the next 20 years that got us to where we are right now. And we happen to be in the worst turning, which is the crisis one, where everything falls apart. Every world war that's ever happened, any uh, major uh, infighting that's ever happened around the world has happened during the crisis where they can, they've lost control. And also food, starvation, like yes. people were... There was a famine, all those kind of it shook nasty people. Things. It shook people to its core, yeah. not unlike what this is doing in a lot of cases, and it's not quite over according to what they were saying. So, you know, only the best is yet to come. Yeah, but that's where I looked at it differently yeah. and thought, you know what? It's my it, stomach kind of dropped when <laughs> I when I read that part. I was like, damn, <laughs> okay, right. It was a good run. Um, so how are we going to handle this moving forward? Well, Who's they, said, keep our, they said our, that everybody in, in the turnings all have a role to play. Right. Every generation has a role that kind of they take on. Yeah. And in, in this one particularly, they're saying that it's up to, um, I, I listen to what I am because I'm like, what's my job, right? Yep. Um, of course, being Gen X, it's that we are the, we're the fixers. We're intended to repair. We're intended to educate and to help them realize but the heroes of the fourth, the fourth um, turning. turning, is actually um, the millennials. They are they are going to turn us around. They're going to get themselves back on track, and they're going to make great for the Gen Zs below them. And you can see that you know when if you look back in our history, that in the eighties when everybody was making it big, you know, and they had greed lots was of, good. Greed was good, baby. Um, you know, they built it up to a point where, uh, you know, you could work at a gas station back then and own a house, you know, because that was part of how it worked. So this major correction that's really happening. If, if you want to believe all this, uh, it sounds like you can't argue with history. It happened. Yeah. You know that it's there. And if they were putting these categorized kind of compartments around those decades and those generations, and they're saying, look what happened. Oh, and by the way, 80 years before that, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, and oh, let's just look at it one more time because 80 years before that, the same thing happened again and again and again. And you recognize that, Hey, this, this is a history repeating itself story. Yeah. And if that's the case, then we need to know what, what's next. And at least we can look at the fact that somebody's identified what happened next so that we can well prepare and plan for it. Right. If I am the fixer, then what do I have to go do? I mean, in this little video you sent me, 
the um, author of the video said that, well, if I'm a fixer, then I'm going to get out and fix something. And he said, I noticed the zip line in my in my in the park at the end of my street has been broken for a long time. Mm. And well, I've got all the tools to go fix it, so I'm going to go fix it. So right. he actually literally went out to fix something physically. You know, yeah. I think that you can translate that into spreading knowledge, education, helping them recognize that hey, listen, we are the last generation that was analog. You know, um, we might have little smatterings uh, that, you know, our kids experience, you know, with a rotary phone and stuff like that. Maybe, maybe not. Push right. Button, I'm sure. But they at least know what a cassette tape is. Um, they saw vinyl. They they knew of the things that we spoke about. Their children will never know it unless they happen to be interested in vintage and, and, and um, you know, historic, historic things. Mm. Um, so... We've got a lot of knowledge transfer that could probably help. And when it comes down to fixing it, then I think sometimes getting back to the basics might be the right way to play. Yeah. But I found it fascinating, man. I was, I'm like, oh, I love that stuff. Well, the good thing is it, it provides you a little bit of a roadmap of what the task is at hand moving forward too. So, okay, we're in a crisis situation. What do you do in a crisis? Like you said, you got to move forward, um, provide knowledge and fix things. Right. So that we know what we have to do now. Yeah, we're gonna have to. I mean, still hunker down, recognize that that there's uh, a lot of unknowns, but I think it all gets back actually to the beginning of this conversation, which is around mindset. Yeah, you know, even when I went back to the cottage and I recognized that we were without power, I'm there, you know, in the woods, no power, no heat, no electricity, no water, no nothing, and. <laughs> You know, either it could have been a fight or flight. You stick it out, you hang in, and it was minus, you know, minus one, yeah. minus two at night. It got yeah. pretty cold. Um, but that makes me realize that I'm living, you know? Yeah. And it gets back to mindset. Either I could take care of business, uh, which I got to say was a great experience. When I got over the frustration of the fact that, oh, man, look at all this work I got to do here. Um, you just start doing it. Yeah, and there was a good moment there where it was raining. It actually hailed. I th the only thing I was waiting for after this, I was trying to unload a couch from the trailer over top of the tree trunks into the cottage while it was raining so that the couch didn't get damaged. And in the middle of that, it started hailing. <laughs> and I looked around. I went, I'm just waiting for the locust to swarm. Like, this is where we're at now, man. This is going to be one of those moments where you just don't realize what's going to happen because it's about to. But in any case, it got me back to this moment where, all that aside, I, I, I found myself back to that grateful moment where I'm like, wait a minute, I'm in my cottage, okay? It's pitch black. It was magical. I had yeah. the, the phone of my, my camera. First time I've been to the cottage since October, so I don't even know where the candles are or the are the batteries going to be okay for a, a light that we might have a flash. I don't know. So as it's raining... Um, I sit down in the rocking chair. I take a couple of rocks back and forth, and I watch the lightning from the porch. Oh, wow. And I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. And then everything that just happened for the last two hours of me trying to get my life back on track was gone. Yeah. The frustration was gone. The An immense feeling of gratitude came over me because I'm like, when do I actually take the time to watch a lightning storm, you yeah. know, and to be an absolute quiet, you know, that buzz that constantly happens in your head, that electricity that's always going when you've got electrical running around you, you don't realize how loud that is until you shut it off, yeah. you know, and when it's, when it's not there and it's not present, then you're in absolute complete quiet. 
the best part of that I think was was uh, closing my eyes and and then maybe an hour or two after the rainstorm had passed, uh, closing my eyes and then opening them and there's no difference. It was it was a real like you know wait a minute man this is dark yeah <laughs> I am there's there's me in dark yeah. It's well, really you, cool. You also weathered the storm too, because it could take you down. Like some people, when they when they face a little bit of uh, an obstacle or a challenge, it could be de- so devastating to them because they they've never experienced any kind of struggle. You, you can they would have probably turned around and went back home, and and um, yeah. And there's no story after that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It. There's no story. I thought about it. I got to be honest. It was like, this is silly that I'm here. Like, it doesn't make any sense. What am I going to actually accomplish? And then sure enough, you know, the next morning, sun was out, a little bit of sunshine into the cottage, got me into doing other things. But there was a moment there where I thought, I should really try to just pack this in. This isn't practical. But practical was out the window. And now I have an incredible memory of a time where most people would have said, thank you. I'm gone. Yeah. You know, so I'm grateful for that for sure. Um, it kind of makes me think about, you know, about all the things that we want to do to keep comfort around us and how good we actually can do without it, you know. And, you know, you challenge yourself and you keep on finding these little kind of roadblocks to overcome. And that was one of them. Uh, one that I think was a good learning for me. Yeah, it's good to get, you know, expand. It's kind of like kind of like this this podcast for us i mean we had a good conversation today prior to setting up in here uh we're set up in a different area uh of your of your shop cabin like tell us a little bit about this uh this room here yeah so this was um if you can see this online um this is called canteen which was uh an off side of cabin we ended up uh, breaking through the wall and the intention was that we were going to make um a compliment to cabin. It was really intended to be a coffee, espresso, um, you know, a beverage bar with uh, meat pies mm. um, that were available for purchase and consumption on site, as well as you could take them home, put them in the fridge and freezer. We ended up interviewing a bunch of producers. Um, we shortlisted them. We tasted meat pies like nonstop. Yeah. It was amazing. Um and then, of course, we got kind of uh, pushed back by some city ordinance, ordinance uh, some compliance things that, you know, we need to do X, Y, and Z before we got there. And and that was like anything else. You you could have a great idea, but you really got to put it into motion and then find that there's going to be some roadblocks and how you're going to overcome them. So, you know, that, that became um, a challenge when we were trying to open up our second location. So Canteen kind of just got shelved. But um, what this piece of the the business does for us is when we have our whiskey nights, when we do our live events, this becomes an incredible servery. Mm-hmm. It becomes a private room for private functions. So we can host um, tastings, nosings, um, and the likes. We can do education in here. And uh, it becomes, like I say, a great kind of servery when we have food and beverage. So... It's never been wasted by any stretch, and it's just waiting to kind of come to life. Uh, so, but uh, it's just like the rest of cabin. It's got this nostalgia. It's got this rustic flavor, this feeling, mm-hmm. and it becomes another operational part of the business. We, we during COVID moved another barber chair in here yeah. so that we could socially distance everybody. And uh, this one, along with the, another barber shop, uh, station at the back, became kind of like the oh, is this the VIP area? Yeah, you know, and people feel special in these spaces. So. 
either way, it's been a, it, it's carved out for other reasons, but they've served well, uh, no matter what we ended up using them for. Yeah, and it's it's great for us and the podcast too, because I mean, as you know, we're we're trying to grow this thing and and get better every time we produce one and put one together. And you know, I made a suggestion months back too, like we should explore recording in different areas of your shop because. You know, I love I love where we started, and I love where we're gonna go. I don't know where that's going to be. There, you have another spot in the back too that we've talked about, maybe setting it up a little differently there. But I mean, we're just trying to make this thing. Um, I don't know better better than it was several months ago, and we've also been talking about more ideas, guests, and other things that you want to introduce in the podcast. And, um, you know, it's exciting because we have something to look forward to during this crisis time. <laughs> I think, you know, that's part of why this has been really kind of entertaining and uh, and adventurous for me anyway, because it gives me something to look forward to and to, and, and to, to share. Um, I've had some really great comments back for some people that have listened to the podcast and, you know, they're like, they're interested. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Yeah. And, you know, and so that begs the question, why are we doing this? What are we trying to get out of this? And, you know, I can, I can comfortably say it's, it's got nothing to attach to money uh, yeah. because um, it's more of a passion play, but yeah. that's like, if you listen to any of the podcasts in the past, I've yeah. never been attached to the money. Yeah. I've never been doing anything to, to monetize what we're up to. Uh, I think that there's a natural way to do that. And when you the figure, right. you figure it out. You figure right? it out yeah. when the time's right. It's not what drives us, though. No. Like the, you know what's cool about this is that it's this orga- organic, ever evolving um, state of affairs. The podcast, you know, when we said that we wanted to create something for entrepreneurs, for creatives, for um, the average family guy, you know, um, anybody that's really maybe looking to do something but not knowing how, they might find this entertaining, mm-hmm. um, educational, somewhere in between, you know, and and if I could share some of the experiences and exposures that I've had mm-hmm. and with your contributions, then we get another view at, at that at that same kind of um, take. Um, that gives us a chance to share some information with people. And then, you know, like I said, they've been very complimentary in the fact that they, they like what we've done so far. I'm I'm most interested to find out how we can constantly evolve this. So yeah. other locations in the shop for sure, topical. I'm listening to a lot lot more content, uh, and I think one time during our original podcast, I was talking about I was content like you know overload. I just yeah. couldn't get enough. Yeah, I'd have my AirPods on and I'd be listening nonstop to to you know people talking about their passions uh cooking you know and 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 bitcoin and nfts and you know you could just you could just consume content 24/7 and never 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 starve you would eat forever it seems like we're in an era of prediction right now too though eh? like so you hear all these Listen, I spend a lot of time online. So, <laughs> but you hear these people that were in a work revolution, heading into a work revolution, where if the offices uh, decide to open up, a lot of people are going to choose not to go. Yeah, and I heard you have a conversation earlier today with uh, one of your colleagues on the phone, saying that you know that's all good, but they're going to just source it out to somebody else who's going to do it cheaper. Cheaper. <laughs> This is the thing. Listen, mark my words right now. We're going okay. to look back at this podcast. Yes. I think it's very cool that we've all found that we can be 
uh, effective and efficient working from home. Um, it was a curve like anything else, but it was rapid fire and we were forced into it. Once you all take, you know, the same path, then all of a sudden it becomes a little easier to manage. Yeah. Expectations are set, um, you know, levels are met. Um, point is, though, is that we found that you don't have to be tethered to a desk um, to do your job. Right. And so that in a lot of ways has been very cool. The revelation has been set. Like this is something we should look at moving forward. And so that makes people say, I don't ever want to go back to the office. I don't want to be uh, chained to a desk. I don't need to be. I can be as efficient, if not more, um, here. I don't pay for gas. I don't pay for extra. You know, I can, I can pull back on my insurance. My car doesn't travel as far. You know, there's all this other trickle-down effects from not having to go to work. The brakes on the car aren't wearing. The tires aren't wearing. The mechanics are, are losing business. So you could see how all of this has something oh, yeah. to do. Like our mechanic friend next door to us here doesn't have any business because nobody's wearing out their brakes, you yeah. know? And changing tires was just an excuse to go and tell them that they needed to, go, you know, look at your brakes. That's yeah. a legitimate thing. He's like, you know, doing uh, 80% less brake repairs. Wow. So okay. anyway, wow. so, so that's the point. The point is, is that we've all become very comfortable and familiar with the fact that we can work at home and we can be efficient at home. We can, we can do our jobs. However, I will warn you on this notion. You probably heard it somewhere else too. But if you don't present a value of you being in the workplace then the employer is going to recognize, well, we really can do this uh, satellite environment. We don't have to have people back here. Maybe we should scale down on the size of our office and spend less money on rent. Maybe we should outsource the, 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 um, the projects we have to people that can work from home. Now, that's where I think you've got a major challenge in that it's going to take nothing for your employers to realize that they can outsource that same project to somebody who's willing to do it for less. Abroad. Abroad. Yeah. You know, um, like somewhere around the world where the labor force is less uh, and the skill sets are equal, if not higher. The one, the one point of difference is, is language and people are learning English like, you know, like it's the number one language in the world. But it's going to take nothing for them to become fluently efficient uh, in the English language and then replace you because they don't have to be here. So there is a value mm -hmm. for you in um, in maintaining the security of having a job because you you could you could wish your way out of employment if you just leave yourself with the mindset that you can do this from home. Well, then so so can somebody else. Yeah. And that's when we're going to be racing to the the bottom, you yeah. know, like for what less. Yeah. And now the labor force is charging less. The corporation makes more. They spent less on rent. So you're you're basically you're you're getting yourself out of a job. You talk about automation taking over people's jobs. I remember when I was a kid, they were worried about robots. And you hear about you know the Ford line now has machines that are putting rivets in. That's good. Well, that's no good. We can't have those people taking our jobs. Well. In a lot of respects, for all of us that are looking forward to working from home and want that to be an ongoing thing, right. then you could really be you know, replacing yourself right. because you haven't created the value in who and what you are. Um, one of my friends is a general manager for um, a large manufacturing company here in Canada, and uh, his recruitment companies basically said, can you tell me the policy on work from home? Um uh, for any new new hire, 
can you tell me your policy on uh, are you incenting them to get vaccinated? Uh, and if so, is it a financial incentive? So it's like, uh, he goes, well, we haven't really discussed that. We haven't figured out what our next moves are. Um, but what are you talking about for, you know, the, the opportunities to work from home? And he said, well, nobody is interested in working in an environment anymore. And unless your company has a policy that you're going to at least look at partial days from home, partial days from the office, then we can't take you on as a client, as a recruiter. Whoa. So the recruiter said that, you know, the people these that are, are the out parameters. there. parameters. Yeah, you need to have these policies in place for us to be able to go and secure a labor force for you a senior management uh, force for you. Like they, they want to know what the company is going to do or is prepared to do to make sure that the new environment that they want to work in suits their need perfectly. Interesting. It is interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of people moving jobs. Like, I mean, right now. Or no- even creating their own. Like mm-hmm. uh, there's some people that were probably sales guys for a long time and then said, screw it. I'm, uh, I'm making uh, bibs. <laughs> Yeah. Le- leather bibs or whatever the case may be they've they've decided that they're going to just you know forget about that career path and just do something completely different and start their own and start their own or find that passion play that they just didn't want to take a risk on before now yeah. risk is risk is high you know yeah. reward is higher and you feel like you know i got to put myself out there to really kind of get back what i'm looking for you know and so people are i think less interested in the status quo and more interested in being happy it's interesting i watched this documentary last night dave grohl called uh, what drives us um and he basically focused on his red touring van um (laughs) when he was starting off the band foo fighters and he basically equated it to the fact that all these great bands that are out there have that same story about that van and you know that's cool what it's like to take this concept of being a band getting in that van and going out there to the world and saying let's see what happens and it was very fascinating because they interview he interviewed all these famous musicians from guys from U2 to whoever it was and the stories were all the Beatles it, you know Ringo Starr was like the stories were all the same exactly the same you know how how they packed the van how they who got to sleep on top and you know and how it went from mm. the van to a motorhome to a bus and then we got to all have our own buses it was really fascinating yes. but the whole thing was they were not that their mindset each musician each band mindset was like it was this or nothing like we we were not going to just give up this like this was part of the process of doing whatever that you had to do to get out there. That's very, that's very interesting um, because you can see how that common thread would bind them and mm. they've all been through it. They've, you know, whether they made it to stardom or fame or success yeah. or whatever that measure is, is, is irrelevant. It's that, that humble beginning and that stuff that makes you, you know, full of grit. It's very much like being an entrepreneur yeah. You know, in a lot of respects, we could share the same stories, you know, whether it turned out to be a huge success or not. It was all those early days, those early you oh, know, yeah. steps, and a lot of cases, missteps, um, that really ended up creating, you know, the outcome, uh, good, bad, or ugly. And I'm sure there was always some kind of crisis when you're starting a business in the beginning and you've got low funds and, oh, my God, the thing is leaking. What do we do? You know? Yeah. Like yeah. You, well, pick that up. 
you know, you, you figure it out somehow. You can't put two pennies together, but you figure it out, get past that hurdle. You know, you feel like you have some breathing room and another thing presents itself. And it's just, it's an ongoing thing. And then at some point something gives. Yeah. Right? And either it's the levee breaks and everything floods in and that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that could be the most positive thing that could happen to you. Um, I also see that you end up being challenged uh, in ways that you never expected. Like this one for a lot of people was like, how am I going to make money? You know? <laughs> and like, like I said before too, I've never really been, been so caught up in the money other than when it came to me feeding other people. That's where I was right. most interested. How am my staff going to make money? I can figure it out. You know, um, I'm pretty creative and um, innovative in the way I look at things. And so for me, you know, this was a chance to be able to to step back and see like what else is necessary. So we did some really creative things here, you know, at this particular business, um, actually in all the businesses. But, you know, here we are 16 months into this and I'm still evolving the way we operate. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're doing, um, we're doing a, a co-branded promotion with American Express uh, Cobalt members are going to be exposed to the brand in an invitation this week. We're going to teach the fine art of mastering the shave. Oh, nice. So that gives us a chance to be able to extend ourselves to another audience in a time when people are spending more time at home, yeah. maybe not necessarily um, as as finished and polished as they would be um, going into the office all the time, but they still want to take care of themselves. So, you know, we're evolving programs like that. Who are we co-branding with? Uh, the cool part was is that they uh, found us uh, they invited us to participate and see if that was something we wanted to do. And of course, you know, looking at the opportunity, it would be great for us to be able to put our brand in front of other people. At the same time, you know, we're introducing next week the virtual shopping experience. So because you can't come into the shops any longer, there's a good chance for us to be able to do some customer service over a Zoom call or um, an iPhone video um, where we're going to be able to replicate the in, li- in in shop live experience, but really on a personal one to one basis. So I can take you know anybody that's looking for let's say the Father's Day gifts, mm-hmm. and they just they know that Dad would love something from one of our shops, then that's a chance for us to be able to get them maybe off the website, you know, because that's not what they're most comfortable with, right. and rather see a, a touch and feel, and let's talk about the product. So. Yeah. We'll put product experts on on Zoom calls, uh, which is going to be very cool. Up close and virtual, we're calling it. Yeah, cool. And then um, lastly, uh, something that I'm so excited about, and probably by the time this airs, we would have already launched it. But since day one, I've been dying to put together this great box that's going to show up monthly. And it's it's not unlike any other subscription box, except it's different. It's a cabin box. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, we're for gentlemen, tastemakers, and those who love us. In this case, it's going to be a box that's going to be not unlike those mystery boxes or those bags you bought from right. a candy store. You didn't know you were buying. It's yeah. either for a girl or a boy. You yeah. bought it for a buck. You're excited. Half the stuff you threw away. In this case, it's, it's not going to be throwaway. It's going to be cool merchandise that's been curated to be able to on an ongoing basis, create this excitement and happiness. When you get this box, you're going to die to open it up. You're going to love what's inside because it kind of follows everything that we like um, when we when we consider what's going to go on the shelves here. Yeah. You know, and on the website, now we can put it together in a monthly subscription box and make sure that you can gift that, you know, to your favorite guy um, or 
or pick it up for a treat for yourself. But it's been a lot of effort going into that. And, you know, if we didn't have the time, quite frankly, we might not have been able to get here as quickly as we are today. So I look at it like a great opportunity to be able to do something unique and different and keep cabin in the, in the, in the forefront of people's minds when they're thinking about where can I get something cool, you know? Well, we're getting, we're getting close, you know, I hope, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, there's definitely a, a, a general feeling where, People are f- feeling like this whole thing is soon to be over. More and more people are getting vaccinated on a daily basis. And it's like, you know, let's just keep on motoring and hopefully things can get back to some kind of normalcy. I don't think everybody wants to go back to exactly the same as it was. No. Um, and we've realized that we've had a, a year and a bit to reflect and go, few changes need to be made. Yeah, if and we do all this and not make a few changes, what a shame. Oh. Because this was our chance to reset. If we go back to exactly the the race that we were living in, and in some cases for some people it was phenomenal. I, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't I don't want to do it. Yeah. I just don't want to do it. I want to take everything we just went through, look at the major learnings, and then recognize that that was a gift. Like, you know, as painful as it has it as it has been. For a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. I get it, man. Listen, I'm not trying to make light of it no. by any stretch. However, if I don't look at it with the right mindset and take advantage of what it gave me, um, then that would be a total shame. Yeah. You know? Oh, on that note, then I, I would like to think that, you know, we're doing something entertaining and educational here, at least at the same time, um, edutaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to that point, uh, I would love to hear from any of our listeners uh, for ideas for the podcast, uh, formatting anything, really, quite honestly, because, like, this is an organic um a kind of program development. Uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. Um, we're getting a bit better too. I think. I think so. we're just. I mean, there was a long stretch, long layoff, but there's a bit more comfort, a bit more confidence. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, and the only way that these things actually work is if uh, you tell a friend and they tell a friend, right. and next thing you know, we've got a really cool audience. I'd love to be able to, let's say, build an audience that happens to be interested in the things we're talking about. Right. Um, shares them with the friends that they care about. And then we come back to everybody saying, hey, listen, this is what we got. Yeah. You know, as a result of us all being together and collect collecting uh, each other along the way, then, you know, maybe we can start some really positive movements. Maybe we can start, you know, um, I don't know, a way to revolutionize something. If it's business, if it's personal, if it's family, if it's, you know, we could actually be... Um, the creators of change. Yeah. That uh, that so would be pretty exciting. I don't want to sound too too lofty, but at the same time, you know, hey, listen, <laughs> why not? You, it only takes one person, right? Yeah. So, let's all get together, tell your friends, uh if you think this is something worth listening to, then uh, I would really be grateful. I think that's kind of a cool thing to do and uh let's keep it moving. Uh thanks guys for joining us today. It's Louie and Frank here on Staying Alive with Louie J.